Welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast dedicated to geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. I'm Everett, and welcome to part six of our celebration of 50 years of Batman movies over part one of the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, We did all three movies in one sitting, and so we just decided to split it down the middle. You can listen to the second half on Sunday. There are, of course, spoilers for the movie, as well as other parts in the Batman catalog, and some small points about Red Eye, American Psycho, and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, At one point, I say that Batman Begins is more dramatic compared to the other movies. I'm not referring to the other Dark Knight movies. I'm referring to all the movies in the past. Just to clear that up. Other than that, enjoy the conversation. I also watched Stranger Things. Is it a movie or is it a series? It's an eight-episode series. It's really tight like in terms of storytelling. Um, You should totally check it out. The only thing I know is the poster that i've seen a few people sharing which i i didn't see that until just recently like i'd never i saw the i saw the preview the trailer they put out initially and it looked like it was going to be like an anthology kind of twilight zone kind of thing mm-hmm. um but it's not but it uh it's one continuous story uh it kind of reminds me of twin peaks actually a little bit uh because there's like a lot of uh interesting um tonal shifts and like juxtapositions like with one serious scene and the next scene like somebody's making breakfast and uh dancing around the kitchen it's just kind of mm-hmm. weird just you know jumps uh but it's really good it's really really good and huh. it's a uh, yeah i saw somebody first person i think it was garrett shared the poster on mm-hmm. facebook and i was like what is this netflix original this looks really cool just the poster alone and then i i got like a twilight zone or maybe x-files it's something like that yeah and it's it's a throwback uh it's a throwback to the 80s everything 80s like all the whenever somebody's talking to to anybody in the 80s they use their full name every chance they get like that's there Hmm. the music's there the music's great it's like post-punk things like that um yeah if you if you get time it's eight hours of your life that's completely (laughs) worth it well it's the first series in 10 years that I've completely binged like over the two days. We got to we got to figure our life out. <laughs> we have too many things that oh, we've man. started. Batman. Batman begins. begins the My least favorite. Really? I don't like Scarecrow. I don't like that guy. I don't like his face. I don't like his voice. 2005 budget of 150 million grossed 374.2 million. And Cillian Murphy, the guy who plays Scarecrow, almost played Batman. See, I figured out why I don't like him. You mentioned that he was in the movie Red Eye. Yes. My mom let me watch that when that came out Mm -hmm. because they were watching it. And I just, I, I, whatever his character is, that's how I saw that guy. (laughs) So whenever I ever saw Batman Begins, I saw that guy and I was like, ugh hate this. Ah. He definitely pulls the creepy off well. He does. I, he does. He does it so well, but I'm trying to get out of my brain. <laughs> I put this I put Batman Begins and The Dark Knight on the same level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're both equally great. It's a fact. The movie moves incredibly fast, but it takes us an hour before we get Batman on screen. About an hour. 
but I loved that. Like that's the thing. Like uh, Christian Bell really made an interesting Bruce Wayne, whereas before uh, we didn't have so much of an interesting Bruce Wayne. To me, we had uh, yeah, we had Batman's. We had we had yeah. I was Bruce had the most screen time I think, like as the character of Bruce in Batman and Robin of all films. Hmm. Well, even Bruce alone, I noticed well, when watching this again how little villain time there is. There's because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they were trying to develop the two characters, Batman and Bruce, uh, compared to in the past, where we focus mainly on the villains. Right, and so I thought that was very is a nice change. It was a nice change. We also we also had four kind of five villains if depending on how much of a hardcore fan you are you had you had Roz mm-hmm. you had Scarecrow you had Falcone you had Zaz and you had Joe Chill which while Joe Chill just played a part in the past Zaz was in uh, was all throughout the film you saw him multiple times mm-hmm. and he didn't really he was never necessarily like a focus but it's interesting seeing films like Amazing Spider-Man 2, right? Did you ever see that I never one? watched it. Okay. Um, they claim that film was, like, part of the problem was that it was stuffed full of villains. Right. Part of that being the rhino was in there for all of five minutes. <laughs> but, I mean, the the deal was that was going to lead into Sinister Six and blah, blah, blah. Here they do it really well. And it doesn't feel like the character's necessarily wasted. Uh, he's the Zaz is the like the one, uh, the one prisoner that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Crane goes to Falcone, over getting his thugs out of jail and like wasting time, possibly being caught. Uh, he's also the character that uh, almost takes out Rachel at the end. Mm-hmm. So. This is also the first Batman film to where we've got a name for Batman's killer. We never had a name before. Him. Batman's his parents. I mean, sorry, killer. Batman's yeah, parents killer. Uh, we never we never had a name, and uh, the Burton film leads you to believe it's the Joker. Mm-hmm. And then it made you believe it was somebody else. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Christian Bell was kind of uh, an interesting choice by a lot of people. He had done uh, American Psycho. Right. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. No. No. It's it's a great film. You haven't seen that? And he plays he plays like a crazy Bruce Wayne. Jared Leto's also in there too. Yeah, right. Uh interesting. But oh. he kind of plays that same he like he plays a very uh very very absorbed, very self absorbed uh businessman, but the whole movie you're never quite sure of what's real and what's not. And he plays two different characters. There's the character that you that the public sees, and then there's this other character behind closed doors and in his mind uh, during his inner monologues that is also happening. So he could kind of do the dual identities already. Hmm. Uh, he was also right after, shortly after American Psycho, he was in The Machinist. Right. Have you seen The Machinist? Yes. Okay. He was. Oh, yeah. Bone skinny, he like he lost so much weight for that. That whenever they told him he was going to be Batman, like he started trying to put on muscle and he ate too much, and they had Fat Man, 
and it you can actually see it you can see it in some scenes uh specifically the scene that comes to mind is whenever uh batman is telling the commissioner how to uh, or asking he asks him if he can drive stick all right if you look at him he's a little chunkier there that was one of the first things they did but he 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 blew up they had to delay production uh slightly so he could get down a few more pounds uh, hmm. to, to not look like a chubby Bruce Wayne. Weird. Very, very weird. Very And I haven't He's seen the movie yet, but until comes out on Blu-ray next week, or this week, uh, but... Batman Superman? Batman in that movie, every time I see him on the posters, I'm like, he looks kind of... Like it looks kind of wide. He's huge, like yeah. But that's all. That's all muscle, and that's the scary thing. Like, he, mm-hmm. there's this whole workout scene in Batman Superman, and you realize he's so wide because he is like he's built himself up like a house. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But, any rate, so we see Bruce um, in a lot of different, a lot of different ways we've never seen him before. Like we see him kind of as a bully. Right. Uh, especially like as a kid, which I mean, all kids can be, all kid, all kids can be ridiculous and kind of, uh, bullish time to time, but that continues on, uh, to the courtroom where he wants to, or I guess outside the courtroom where he wants to just kill Joe Chill and take the easy way out. Like, that's very much that's not justice. You know, like Rachel just tells him it's not justice, and he's he's being a bully, Mm -hmm. which they've talked about that uh, at times in the comics that Bruce was a was always a bully growing up and things like that or he was pretentious and maybe he was pretentious because he's reclusive but it's just interesting showing showing this guy we would later know as a hero at, in in kind of a, a bad light right and we get to see him grow out of that yeah and they, I mean Marvel eventually did this with Tony Stark mm-hmm pretty well i thought it was interesting uh something that's never been uh never happened in the comics was uh they had another family living on site when he was a kid like rachel her whole family lived there in the mansion mm-hmm. with bruce's family i thought that was very interesting mm-hmm. especially considering that there was a a romance kind of between them right what now if his parents hadn't died maybe things would be different but because he, he did disappear and they did grow apart but i thought that was Interesting. I don't like Rachel. Well, if you let's talk about Rachel for a minute. We have Katie Holmes in this one. Did you like the character of Rachel, or did you, or not like the character of Rachel, or did you not like Katie Holmes? I like Katie Holmes. I just don't think I like Rachel. Okay. Because she's just a B. She's original character, right? She is an original character. It's I don't know. It's weird. Hmm. It's. That movie specifically, I think it's weird. And then the other she, one... Well, she completely changes, and that yeah. might be because of the actresses. Because in the f- second one uh, with Maggie, she's way, like... that. You see that first scene with her and uh, Aaron Eckhart. She's way bubblier than Katie Holmes in Batman Begins. And I wasn't sure if that was just the actress difference or if it's just supposed to be because the city is going up since Batman has arrived. Right. I, I always kind of took it as, uh, like things were getting better she wasn't necessarily held down Mm -hmm. every every corner she turned what did you guys think of uh liam neeson as henry ducard 
Now, okay, wait a minute. When you first saw this, here's a question. When you first saw oh, this, man. <laughs> I know, I'm going back in time here. Did you assume he was somebody else? Or did no. you? Okay. I didn't. Because, I mean, I'd seen, and I hadn't revisited the animated series since it was on TV at this point. Because, uh, I don't, was it on, if it was, I don't know. I hadn't revisited it, so I don't, I didn't remember the character at all. So I was just believing it the whole time. Sure. I, and honestly, I did the same. And it actually confuses me later on when he's revealed to be Ra's al Ghul. Why does it confuse why? you? I was just like, why? I'm, but he's dead. Why is, how is he Ra's al Ghul? I don't know why. It just went over my head when I was yeah, in right. high school. Sure. Uh, and Henry Ducard was actually, was a character. Um, he was from, he was, uh, what was the name of the story? He was a part of a four issue, four, yeah, four issue arc. And it may have been, it may have been year two. I can't remember the name of it, and uh, but he wasn't in Year One, which this movie's based off Year One, a short story called The Man Who Falls, and kind of like very loosely the uh, Long Halloween, mm-hmm. which Dark Knight's very inspired by Long Halloween. So Henry Card's an original character. I never, and knowing that, like I have those comics, and knowing that, I never suspected that they would just flip that. Hmm. And especially because they had uh, they had a Ra's al Ghul that actually looked like it was it was going to be compl- uh, I guess eth- ethnically correct, right? Because while Ra while Ra's in Batman the Animated Series is portrayed as a lighter skin tone in the comics, they've portrayed him in various ways, and he's a Neil Adam. I believe he's a Neil Adams creation as well. Hmm. Way back, way back when. I know nothing of the sort. I don't even remember the first time. I definitely saw... I'm pretty sure I saw all three films in theaters. I saw this one opening night, and I saw the other two at midnight before they opened. Hmm. I remember uh, when the movie was announced, though, because I remember talking to... Actually, I remember... I didn't hear it first announced. I heard a friend talking about, did you hear there's going to be a new Batman movie? I was like, no. I go home and research it, and... uh, yeah, pretty excited because I hadn't seen a movie, Batman movie in a long time. Yeah, it had been a while. Uh, what, eight years? Seven yeah. years? Seven years, yeah, 2005. So, And we almost had very... So, uh, Darren... Uh, I can't say his last name. Anowski, Afnowski. He goes on to direct The Wolverine. He's directed a bunch mm-hmm. of other movies. Uh, very art house director. Right. He was originally... Uh, maybe it was Arnaski. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, he was originally going to do this, but it was going to be called Batman Year One. It was going to be a darker, darker film, more slow burn, quieter, much like what the Wolverine ended up being, mm-hmm. or the first two thirds of the Wolverine. But they were developing that, and side by side, uh, I forget his full name, but it's Wolf. His his name is Wolfgang. Mm-hmm. Uh, he directed Poseidon. He was developing Batman versus Super, hmm. and they were going to release these movies side by side. You were going to be able to get the Batman origin story at the beginning of the summer, and at the end of the summer, you were going to see a jump in time, and we're going to have Batman versus Superman. Wow. Right? I mean, and here we are, and like, 
we kind of, we're kind of doing that to a point to a point like we have batman we have these marvel movies that come out three or four times a year um and they all exist in the same universe right so it was, it was a little ahead of its time obviously it didn't go anywhere in that which is fine uh because the script was terrible absolutely terrible the Batman versus Superman, the Batman, your one script got morphed into a lot of what we have in Batman begins. Scarecrow was in that. Um, and, uh, as was Roz, but I want to say they brought in Falcone hmm. was something that, uh, uh, Jonathan and David brought into it. A lot of practical effects here, which was very cool. Yeah. Uh, especially because, everything like we just had the star wars prequel trilogy and everybody was doing cgi because it was cheaper to make a cgi uh backdrop than it was to build something Mm -hmm. they built this entire narrow set that was a thing right pretty cool yeah and chicago was used as gotham city that's one of my favorite parts about these movies in to in general is because i everybody's heard me if you're a regular listener you've heard me complain about how much i hate seeing cgi when i can see christopher nolan make these movies with almost entirely practical effects effects and it looks awesome it It looks so much better so i have some trivia for you okay I have a lot of different pages of trivia, but we're gonna let me. We're gonna we're gonna start out. Fire round. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start out really simple. Uh, you have to finish the line. Okay. Are we anting? Yeah, you have to ant. You're not the devil. What? The the line is you are not the devil, and you have to finish it. Tells him your practice. You're not the double. Your practice. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but that Strike. one always Strike that one always one stuck with me. Me. I mean, I have a lot of really obscure ones. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you just say it in the voice of whoever it is. <laughs> right. Okay. How long was Bruce gone? Eh, seven years. That's right. I was gonna say eight years. Eight was the distance between when Rachel. Okay. Ah. <laughs> what Wayne Enterprises division catches Bruce's eye? Mm. Applied sciences. <laughs> That's correct. Bonus. What does Fox say it is? How does Fox describe de- applied sciences? I don't know. A dead end. Oh, yeah. Mm. They put him down here to shut him up. Exactly. What was Bruce's grandfather involved in? I'll give you a hint. It has to do with the cave. Oh, uh, and he oh, was uh, uh, part of the underground railroad. You. Correct. Woo! You got, <laughs> I got one. one. <laughs> Let's see. Stupid. Where do the bears and the rabbits go? What? Even. To the forest. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Over the river and through the woods? No, 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 no. The, the bears go to the uh, the dealers and the rabbits go to the oh. bears. Oh. Ah. Oh. Dude. Ah. I told you, I, just, I wrote down a lot of stuff. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you, let's do one more. Uh, what do you do? <laughs> how large are the orders for the cow parts? 
to avoid suspicion. Eh, 10,000. That's right. I thought you said cow parts. <laughs> cow. <laughs> cow. I still hear cow when people say it. I, I uh, Always cow. cow. Kindle, Kindle's taking the game cow. back. She has... I mean, like, one of the things I wrote down, where's the condensed milk kept? Uh, in the <laughs> cupboard? No, top shelf. Oh, that's right. Because he was afraid he would get it. There's two more movies left, Kindle. <laughs> there are plenty of more questions, too. <laughs> My first impression of this movie oh. when it came out was it, was it was definitely shocking to see how much darker it had gotten since what I'd seen in the past. Uh, closest thing probably would be Returns or the animated series. Yeah. Um, in more recent time, I felt like this one was more in line in terms of how dark it was with the uh the first batman film i didn't feel like it was as dark as batman returns Mm -hmm. but i definitely felt like it was just as dark as the animated series or the 89 i loved getting the scarecrow back because he was one of my favorite villains as a kid too uh my top three would probably be uh scarecrow scarface and clayface and so i'm hoping to get the other two eventually but I was stoked to see Scarecrow. I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, Scarecrow is one of my... uh, One of my favorites. I mean, if you want to straight Batman villains, like, it would be... It would be Scarecrow and Bane and the Riddler. So, I I was happy to see him. And it was... I was curious to see how they would portray this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cheesy ways it could have gone... But I felt like what they did with him where it wasn't always the same. Every time you see the Scarecrow freak somebody out, it's never the same. Even in the same scene. Like, he's talking to Rachel at one point, and there's maggots coming out of his face. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's interesting. That's interesting because she looks at him once, and it looks like he's burning. And the next time, it looks like there's maggots coming through. Stuff like that kept Hmm. it interesting. Yeah. Or like whenever he's talking to Bruce and bats start coming out of his mouth very briefly, but there was a bat that flies out of his mouth. I liked the quiet moments we had, especially in terms with uh, Roz, or I guess Henry at this point. Mm -hmm. We had these quiet moments, gave a little bit of his backstory. uh, The first time I saw this, I really... I really liked it, like, but it was like one of those films that stuck with me for a while. It's something I kind of, I just, I wasn't, I didn't walk out. I walked out and I was immediately happy I saw a Batman film. I didn't walk out immediately praising this film. I I needed to think about it. It was something that it was so different than anything had come before. We had mm-hmm. never gotten such a, we never got an origin story like this. Right in terms of Batman, not even in the animated series or anything. There was nothing that was strictly dedicated to his training. We had glimpses here and there, and that's always been fine for Batman. But now we've had somebody spell it out. And to me at the time, that was a little controversial. Like I was in my mind, I was like, I'm not sure if I like, I like them spelling everything out, which this kicked off the superhero origin trend. Uh, well, kind of. Probably. I was just say Spider Man did, and then this was after Spider Man. Right. Three and, years. Yeah, and you and you had a ton of other other movies that would come around around this time. Like the Hulk. Were, the Hulk, Ghost Rider. They were all every every for Daredevil. Every first superhero film from now on had to be an origin film. Not only that, we're gonna spend an hour 
building up why this guy becomes the other guy. And that formula got so old. I remember be feeling so burnt out. I loved Ghost Rider. Like right. I, I have I have a crazy love for Ghost Rider, but I was so disappointed by how long it took for him to become Ghost Rider. It was like this is just like all the other movies following the same formula. Right. Which you would see later on with the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight and the villain being captured made its way to James Bond, the Avengers, and even beyond that. And that's, we've talked about it before, that's executive producers up in their towers are like looking at the movies and think, do they just take one little thing from a movie that is successful and say, that must be it. That right. must be the cue. It's silly. but Silly butts. <laughs> we, have, we have Alfred. We have, a, we have an Alfred that's, you get a more of his story. And while you don't get it a lot here, you get more. You obviously get more later. Mm-hmm. But we have we have a very interesting Alfred that doesn't feel as like Alfred in the old films felt like he was he was dad or he was grandpa Alfred. Right. This feels like like Bruce's brother in arms. Uh, it feels it feels like I mean he feels like he's right there while he does take care of stuff for Bruce he feels like he's right there on the ground level with Bruce he's not a yes man mm-hmm. he's think about this Are, do you know what you're doing for instance whenever there's the chase scene and the only thing that stops Alfred or stopped Alfred from calling the men in the white coats was because he said it wasn't about uh, thrill seeking it was about justice and things like that but we didn't have any yes man because like I feel like the old Alfred would have heard the pitch and just been like whatever you want to do sir here we have an interesting Alfred that's not afraid to say no right and it's cool to get to see him or Bruce immediately tell Alfred I'm gonna be doing this stuff oh yeah okay. <laughs> and he just drags him into it and he's cool with it I have felt whenever that whenever that happened that Alfred was kind of like you've been away from the world for a long time and maybe you're a little delusional we'll get some food in you and see how you feel in the morning <laughs> <laughs> because I can't I, I don't know I, I while the scene plays really well I just don't know how any other person would have taken that news like I'm going to dress up like this or I'm <laughs> going to be a symbol and I'm going to go out and fight crime I just I, I'm a lot of people would have probably called those men in white coats yeah <laughs> We also uh, we also get the man that uh, supplies Batman, supplies Bruce. We yeah. get Fox, Morgan Freeman. Love Morgan Freeman in these movies. These are some of my favorite Morgan Freeman movies. Because not only is... Morgan Freeman plays this character way better than the character's ever been written. The character's always been written as kind of like a yes man. Which while Fox is a yes man... He also very much states, I'm not an idiot. Don't don't assume that. Whereas in the comics, yeah. it's very much played like Fox is just an older idiot and <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, okay. They would later change that because of these films. But before these films, he was just he would make rare appearances. Uh Bruce and Alfred made all the technology, so this is kind of an interesting interesting way uh to incorporate Fox mm-hmm. into more of the day to day. Uh, adventures of Bruce. Which, speaking of Fox and first impressions, I know my thoughts, but I'm curious, as the biggest Batman fan I know, uh, your first impression of 
the Tumblr. Oh man, I hated it. <laughs> I was just like, that's not. Whenever the pictures came out, I was like, that's not. That's not the Batmobile. Right. And while there has been some very, there have been some very interesting designs in terms of the Batmobile. This looks like something straight out of the eighties, actually. Uh, if you look at the cover of. Uh, what is it? Uh, four o yeah, four o eight. Batman four o eight. There is a very square looking Batmobile on that cover, and this doesn't look too far off from that. This also doesn't look very different from the Dark Knight Returns because that thing was literally a tank. Mm. I don't know. I uh, I I hated it, but I came to really appreciate it for because seeing the pictures is one thing. Right. Like it's kind of like, and we'll talk more about that when we get to the Joker. But seeing the first initial pictures, like very, very off-putting. But whenever I saw the world the movie was set in and how realistic it was and where the explanation as to where it came from, mm-hmm. it made sense. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, and that this was is what cool you way. have to work with. And as long as it's in black it's a t- and it's essentially a tank, like, why the hell not? Right. And that's a cool way they did that is uh, since their goal was realism, the way they introduce all of his new gadgets through Wayne Industries uh, Applied Science. Mm-hmm. Right. We have the Nomex survival suit, which becomes the 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 chess piece of his costume. Which, what kind of paint do you think he was using to paint on that? Or I did wonder that when he was going across. I'm like, <laughs> that must be pretty dark because it looks almost see-through in parts. I'm like, and it doesn't look very carbon fiber. Yeah. Uh, and I have no idea. Is that stuff they spray on boats when they leak? I think <laughs> if I were to ask uh, the 1966 Batman what type of paint it was, he'd say bat paint. He would say bat paint. I almost think that it was probably. It was probably bat paint. It was. It obviously had to be some kind of leather that it was sculpting. Because he made the symbol on there. Mm-hmm. But I did watch that and I was like, huh, you just painted it black. Like, <laughs> while that works for wearing a ski mask and almost <laughs> killing yourself, I just don't feel like it's going to work whenever you go out. The rain hits it, it's gone. I don't know. I just... uh, Well, it was a prototype, guys. It, it was a prototype. <sighs> there was this weird scene in the movie and it's always stood out to me and it still stands out to me, but it's... It's whenever Rachel is talking to her boss, who is the DA, mm-hmm. and we see we see Bruce outside, right? And like we hear the conversation between uh, Rachel and her boss. We cut to Bruce outside. We go back, and it says we've been through all that. What have we been through? And it felt like there was just like a really weird cut scene there. Like maybe like there was a romance between those two or something because he's obviously extremely stressed about her. Hmm. I just felt like there was something there that was underdeveloped. And while it's not, it doesn't necessarily matter to the story. It just has always, I've always been curious. What have we been through? (laughs) What happened? I don't know. I just thought she was implying that he's making moves that are before. And she's like, we've been through this. No. Maybe, maybe. And Bruce's hair in the flashbacks, by the way, like whenever he is uh, the court scene, mm-hmm. worst haircut ever. <laughs> like soccer mom, Bruce. Student, I mean, <laughs> looked so he was bad. Probably high the whole time. And let himself go a bit, probably. Probably. He, he was, was about to just over. kill a man in front of a 
hundreds of people and live TV, so. Yeah. He doesn't care Which about Which he'll do later on, so. So, okay, here's another controversial topic that this film brought about. The voice. Oh, yes. The voice. What did you think about The voice. It's not as bad in this movie. It gets it gets particularly rougher in the next two films, I think. Well, not the last one. Because at first, he, I mean, maybe it's the difference between when he's yelling and when he's just talking. Because he's just normally talking like this. He sounds like a smoker. Well, there's a reason for it. And is that the mask? Uh, no. Or to uh, hide his voice? No, it's neither. The first film oh. is Christian Bell oh. literally making that voice. It's all him. In the next two films, it's a voice modulator. Like, they've done it in post. Oh, weird. They, uh, I forget what they mixed it with, but they mix it with a bunch of different filters. And they get that really, like, that, it's a very, it's obviously a dynamic filter that that makes the voice. Hmm. Now, he will be yelling, I'm sure he was yelling in those scenes, but what you're hearing is post is all post weird but we want to know why bruce wayne is doing it what's bruce wayne doing he could he's talking like that oh yeah why is he talking like oh that? well i mean obviously <laughs> i hide his voice and it makes sense but especially because you figure as he becomes more integrated with his with society once more he'll be giving speeches or like at boys homes things like that but the reason they change from Christian Bale doing it to the voice modulators because he would get so raspy and worn out that he would just. Well, when you just brought up uh, speeches, I wonder like if he goes to do speeches and he's like, "Hey, hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> I just smoked a pack." <clears throat> I, I, uh, sorry I, about I, that. I like to uh, thank you guys and present you guys with this reward. <clears throat> he's so soft spoken. I never <laughs> think he'd yell like that. You know? <laughs> like, no way he could be Batman. <laughs> I did like how they played Playboy Bruce here. We've never seen Playboy Bruce like this. Mm-hmm. We've seen him at parties and whatnot, but here he literally walks in. Not only does he make fun of himself, you know, obviously he covers tracks, but he's completely arrogant. And this feels like a this feels like what Bruce Wayne is presented as in the comics. Mm-hmm. It's very, very exciting. To me, anyway, I, I found that like whenever they actually did it, I was like, holy, like the person I was with, I was like, holy shit, they're doing it. Like they got it. They get it. And of course, the person with me was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Not a comic book fan, but was what it was. The first Batman scene and a lot of this movie, Batman isn't played like we have a shift. It looks like a horror movie. Are you referring to when he takes before all, he has the mask? No, after he has the mask. After he gets the mask, and especially in the uh, the stockyard. When oh he yeah, takes yeah, out yeah, him, yeah. It plays like a horror movie, yeah, and I, I was talking, or me and Kindle when we were watching it again. I I loved it when I first saw it, but watching it again, I'm like uh, a little boy almost, like crunched up comes, on the couch, comes. and I'm like looking over at her, and like. Whenever I don't know, it it's so exciting watching all these guys get sucked into the darkness. It's so eerie, but it is. Although some of those points, cool. I'm like, all right, hold on. He was just over there. No, 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 no. It's Batman. No. You gotta you gotta suspend your dis- disbelief a little bit, but 
I definitely loved it. It felt like it, it felt like I was watching Alien, mm-hmm. uh, the original Alien film. Like throughout this entire, the rest of this movie, it's played like that. Even whenever he runs into Scarecrow and those two goons in the apartment, he that one guy is taking a leak and he grl- like just slams his head. And in the theater, that scared the crap out of me. That was <laughs> the last thing I was ready for. <laughs> but they just play him. They play him like a like a creature here. They don't play him like Batman. Even right. whenever he takes out Scarecrow's guys, which makes the nature. the fear in these guys seem real. It does, it does. We lose that feeling, or that whole thing in the Dark Knight. But it's good here, and I really, I wish they would have. I wish they would have kept it later on, and they bring it back a little bit in the Dark Knight Rises, uh, whenever he teams up with Catwoman and they're going through the subway tunnels. Mm-hmm. But in the Dark Knight, they lose it. And that's okay because we have GI Joe Batman. We don't have right. we don't have scary Riding Batman. Down the street on his motorcycle. <laughs> right. Uh, that's a motorcycle when it turns. That's my noise for it. And speaking of the hotel scene, like Earl is sitting there and he's talking about uh, he's he's discussing Batman and he just has this tone that I always I always whenever I first saw it I always suspected Earl was involved. I thought he was somehow involved with with Falcone or somebody like that based on his hatred of Batman. Mm-hmm. Because everybody else at that table is all for it except for, I mean, Bruce isn't neither here nor there. He just says the guy obviously has issues. But Earl is incredibly against it. He's You see him later fire Morgan Freeman. I'm, and I just always expected, like, he's, he's going to be nut. like Falcone's right-hand dude. I liked how they kept all the board members the same throughout the entire trilogy. Hmm. They only they added one uh, in the next mm-hmm. two, but everybody that? else was the same. Like Frederick, uh, Fredericks or Fred, yeah, Fredericks. He's in all three of them and actually has a like a small part. And I thought that was interesting. Something that most people probably wouldn't have even bothered with. And I can't bring. If Seth was here, I have a point to make about Game of Thrones. But I watch Game of Thrones. Do you? Yeah. You know it was Joffrey. Yeah. I immediately was like, oh. he had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And I was like, that's Joffrey. Again, we have more practical effects whenever he, uh, Scarecrow mm-hmm. uh, sets him on fire. That whole leap was completely real. As was whenever you see, uh, whenever he calls to the bats in a scene straight out of year one. Right. Like that drop down. Now, while, while part of it's not real, uh, about half that drop and the landing is completely, completely real. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. The practical effects just go a long way for me. Kind of like you. Mm-hmm. What do you sh- What do you think of the score? Um, <laughs> I think when the probably the first time I watched, I probably didn't know about licensing and stuff. So uh, instantly, I'm like, "Where's the Danny song? Elfman theme? Where's the song?" <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> But now I I love it because I mean it, it has that Christopher Nolan feel that he has in all his movies. Uh, does he use the same guy? He does. Hans Zimmer. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, dope. I don't know. It's just I know that name. Do you? I, I do. He, I think he's, <laughs> I think he did very well. Uh, specifically, I think this is probably the best of all three movies. Uh, See, I disagree. I uh, to a point, I disagree. Ooh. I I feel like this is the most consistent score in terms of like uh, 
theme and elements being kept in every every last little piece. Mm-hmm. But I like The Dark Knight Rises because it brings back something that was missing from Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, and that's every character having their own theme. Mm-hmm. I never felt like the Joker had a... Th- I mean, like, he has a theme in... Uh, in the Dark Knight, but I never, I never notice it. It doesn't ever stand out. Whereas in The Dark Knight Rises, every character, including the police and Gordon, have a theme. And I'm a big like, I'm a sucker for things like that. Like that reminds me of the '80s movies where every character would have like you would look at the score and it would be like Donna's song or you know what I mean like right. yeah. So I just I appreciate I appreciate the concept of themes for every character. And they brought that back for Batman v Superman. That's one of the great things I love about that movie. And it's what that actually is what makes an entire scene in that film is the fact that every character has their own theme. And also the score kind of does remind me in a way of T2, the way it kind of in the midst of like a lot of craziness, there is like these soft strings and things, but it's eerie at the same time and it's unsettling. What did you think of the fight scenes? Uh, Awesome. Claustrophobic. That's how I would describe them. In uh, shot-wise or mm-hmm. fights? It like uh, how they're shot. We are, and it progressively, as you go through the trilogy, it progressively pulls back. But here it feels very claustrophobic, and it makes you feel like you're one of these, you're one of the uh, attackers. Hmm. Because you are so close to the action. And it's actually, it was a point of contention for some uh, as critics, they hated it. They ma- they said it made him feel nauseated and whatnot. But I I understood the point because we have a we have a Batman that's portrayed as a monster. You don't necessarily want to pull out all the way and reveal the monster in its full, right. uh, its full body. Whereas the Dark Knight Returns or Rises, we get a lot of that. Almost all the fight scenes are pulled back. Right, which is like the classic uh, 80s horror film where you don't always see the villain or the creature. Exactly. Uh, there's something, there's mystery to it. Mm-hmm. Your mind fills the rest out. And, and I could also see it helping out in the uh, the training scenes because you can feel Bruce is in more danger. It feels like there's more people around him rather than if it was zoomed out and there's this tiny dot of him fighting right. a few guys. Right. They give Bruce an age here and they give him an age. That's not, not with the comic when, okay. So whenever he comes back in the comics, he's roughly 26. Did you guys catch how old he was turning? No. 30, 30, 30 years old. That would have been a good trivia question. That was a trivia (laughs) question, but I was afraid you wouldn't get it. (laughs) Yeah, it's on the wall. It is, and I, I will tell you, I missed that for a long time. Huh? But I remember seeing that, and I was like, "That's really interesting." Because if you think about it, we have essentially a, f- a forty-year-old Batman. By the time we get to the Dark Knight Rises, hmm. it's, it's interesting. Did you notice the, uh, the fake Ra's al Ghul at the party scene? Yes. Did you notice something about him? Um, I noticed. He looked very similar to the other one. He also had the green cape from the animated series. Uh, I didn't catch that. When he turns around and starts walking, like you see it, it comes. I mean, it comes up to about ear height, and it's huh. got the yeah. No, I didn't. I'll have to look for that again. 
I, I never saw that either. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then, of course, right around the scene, we get the return of Creepy Alfred. <laughs> we have creepy alfred in all three I of these notice films because he's he's uh, a little loaded, worse for wear <laughs> yeah loading her in the car and i'm like is that a throwback it feels like a throwback it does feel like a throwback <laughs> i don't know if they're if they remember how creepy alfred was in those movies but i'm pretty sure we are the only ones that remember creepy, <laughs> creepy alfred um but yeah that was that was cool i I felt like everything was really pieced together well. I don't... I feel... Whereas you have Spider-Man 3 and you have so many villains in that... You don't really have so many villains. You have three villains and everybody says it's overstuffed. It's just disjointed. That's the problem. Because here we have Falcone and we have Scarecrow and we have Roz as our three three main villains. And it all connects. It all connects. And while, while Falcone is taken out halfway through the film, that's okay. Which the guy who played Falcone... He's great killer. I was really surprised they. I was really actually kind of thrown off that he was here because he. He's never. I mean, he's in year one a little bit, but his real first proper appearance isn't until uh, whatever it is, uh, the long Halloween. And it's. He plays really well off of Catwoman, so it was really interesting to see a Falcone that was taken out without Catwoman anyway. Just because those two characters really feed off of each other well. So, I mean, it makes sense and it works for the movie. It's interesting. But yeah, everything connects really well. You have your main villain. Your, you have your big bad, which is Roz. You have your second in command, which is Scarecrow. And then you have your lower level guy, who you think is actually a higher level guy in Falcone. Right. And it feels cool to... He's your bad guy. You don't know... Ra's al Ghul is necessarily a bad guy yet and you think he's dead right. but then when Scarecrow is uh, intimidating Falcone with saying he's coming here you you see whoa there's somebody even bigger than this guy right. who owns Gotham uh, that's, that's a cool little thing it is I really appreciated that I really liked Commissioner Loeb as, as little as we got of him I always liked that character mm-hmm. uh, and of course we have Gordon like Gary Oldman's maybe his best performance was the Gordon character. I yeah. mean, he was serious black and he's been a lot of other things. Like he was in uh, I'd Fifth say Element. Fifth Element is his for me uh, just because of how he strange is bizarre. it is. Yeah. He'd probably be that possibly accent, most though. praised for Dracula, I think. Uh, I I hate him. He was in Dracula? Dracula? He played he Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I was probably it's my so least weird favorite. to see him look different in all of these roles. Yeah, right. like he's completely was different in almost all of them. Um, later on, after these movies, probably because of this and Harry Potter, he's my favorite actor. Uh, so getting to go back to these every time, he's what I'm looking forward to most. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. Suck up. So where does Christian Bell rank in terms of your? Batman. I feel like we may have number had two. number two. Okay. Who's your number one? Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. I don't you got to see Ben Affleck and tell me what you think. We should do that. I'm think, excited to I see. I think it. he might be my number one. Who? Christian Bale. Yeah. He's my number one. This movie has a lot of one-liners. It does. Did you notice that? It felt like, compared to the others, Practice. it felt like every other line was a one-liner or could have been a one-liner. Uh, the only thing I can think of which 
I didn't really think of a, as a one-liner, which has always stuck to me, stuck with me since the first time I saw it, is when uh, Gordon says, or they ask him, who, who was that? And he's like, just some nut. For yeah. some reason, that line always sticks Oh, I mean, me. there's that. There's, there's oh, nut. I hope you're not a member of the fire brigade. That was, to me, that was a one-liner. Or what is it? Uh, what, your kids don't like falafel? Uh, I don't know. It just felt, and there was Rachel had a few. Batman even has like the swear to me line. Like it just has a bunch. It feels like this movie is a bunch of one-liners. Mm-hmm. Oh, Doctor Crane's not in right now. Yeah, there's Let's another the one. Message. Yeah, that was about. I don't know. That's about all the notes that I have. Really, like I really enjoyed this one. It was a great. It was a great start. Uh, it's my favorite of the three. Is it? Mm-hmm. It actually goes in order. Oh, how, interesting. How I, I don't know why this one. I uh, pro- probably because I like specifically Scarecrow better than Joker as a villain. Sure. And so I was way more excited when it was when I first saw it, and still get excited every time. I can see that. Um, I love. I, yeah, I loved it. It was. Uh, it's gotten better with age. It's not a film that feels like, like even though it was set in 2005, it doesn't feel like it was stranded in 2005. Which the cool thing about it is how they, it's so much more dramatized than the other ones, whereas the other ones just feel like superhero films. This actually feels just like a drama, which in part to me, it feels like that because we've got a bunch of Brits running the movie and everybody over there comes straight out of the theater. So you've sure. got Christopher Nolan directing and uh, Christian Bale uh, starring Michael Caine. I thought Leon. Christopher Nolan was from here. Was I'm he? pretty sure he's he's from Westminster. His childhood was split between Chicago and England. You're a Chicago and England. But uh, anyway, yeah, the mainly the actors, Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, Gary Oldman, all... Uh, Europeans, I'm sure, were raised on the stage, uh, so I feel like that adds to the dramatic effect of the movie. All right, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. The sequel. Uh, how many years has it been? 2008, three years later, and by movie time, it's only about nine months. Nine months since he's been Batman, so. Budget was $185 million. It grossed $1.5 billion. And between this, we had Inception. Nah, I thought Inception came next. Or The Prestige. Prestige. Batman Wolverine in 2006. My earliest memory of The Dark Knight was seeing the picture of the Joker. And it was a black... It was a close-up of his face, and completely around it was black. And a lot of people thought he wasn't going to have hair. And the internet lost their minds. Not only did they lose their minds whenever they announced that Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker, but then they get this picture that looks like Charles Manson Joker, and they're like, that's not the character. And oh man, like everybody exploded. And now, if you ask people today who the best Joker is, what do they say? Heath Ledger. Uh, yep. Yeah. And I like, I, I will tell you, I take issue with to a point. Uh, this film's very meta, I feel like. You have copycats opening this film, intimidating Batman. The Joker character was the most intimidated character, bandwagon character that everybody seemed to jump onto, be it putting it into movies or like 
people acting like the Joker just just like <laughs> I just remember I, I remember going out to concerts and things like that and people were just like quoting the movie left and right and, and acting like that and it's like what is the point like I understand you enjoy the movie but there's just a there's a line between reality and fiction <laughs> yeah. and if you start pretending to be a fictional character we may we may call those we may have Alfred call them in white coats and there's just I don't know and something else that I found really uh, something that really bothered me personally uh, it's no big deal really but this felt like a bandwagon movie mm-hmm. um, you had all these people that didn't care about Batman right and then this movie comes out everybody goes and see it it goes to see it and suddenly people that were into like spider-man x-men like that was their thing they didn't care about dc all of a sudden they're like oh i love batman and batman's my favorite like i heard this coming from people and i'm like you fair weather fans like and i feel like it wasn't even just superhero or nerdy people it was it was in general exactly like, I had so many People who would not touch a superhero movie, but then they'd be wearing the Dark Knight t-shirt yeah, in school. and it would bother me. It's like, you have no idea how long we've waited for this, and now you jump on, and I'm glad because you're giving us your money. Don't do but don't pretend like you've been here from day one <laughs> when you just showed up to the party. I was it one was, of those it, people, it, it guys. Felt, I remember how big of a deal it was because I've never been somebody to go to the theaters very often. In high school, I probably went a couple times a year, but I remember specifically everybody that I'd hang out with uh, went to see this multiple times. And I went twice twice. and I fell asleep the second time. So I went with with my best friend. She worked at at the theater I used to work at Mm -hmm. and saw this midnight on Thursday. I went to work. Worked half a day, went home, took a nap. I went and saw this movie at five o'clock, and then I went and saw this movie at ten thirty. I saw this movie three hour, three times with it being out in twenty four hours. Wow! I loved it. I I loved it. Like I walked out of, I walked out of the last one. Like I'm glad I got a Batman film, but I need to think about this. This is different. But I walked out of this one feeling like this. This is amazing. And which I came to that, like eventually with Batman Begins, I came to the point to where like, I was like, I love it and I could watch it any time. And it's, that's gotten even better with age. But this film, I, I instantly loved. I was like, that's perfect. That was, that was what it needed to be. It's unlike, it met expectations. It's unlike anything that's come before it where most comic book films have this. Oh, dude. Not the Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Beezies, beezies. But with all other comic book films that come around, we we have this built up expectation for them, and this was one of the few that lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. And there's not many that live up to the hype. I kind of feel like the Dark Knight, and I feel like the sequel lives up to the hype. Dark Knight Rises, but I also feel like the Avengers lives up to the hype. Those are the only films in recent memory that have lived up to. The crazy comic book hype that they build. So we had the crazy, we had the controversial Joker that everybody hated, and of course everybody ended up loving. The first six minutes, the opening of the film in the bank heist, 
was actually attached to I Am Legend, and they only showed it in IMAX, and I went on a date to see I Am Legend just to see the opening. Like, that's how much I wanted to see uh, this film. Like, I was was completely sold on this film. Hmm. And they would do that again. I don't remember the film that it was attached to, but... The Dark Knight Rises had a had the opening attached to something else. Yeah, I remember going to see this first time, and being it was it was such a strange opening for a superhero film. It seemed like it starts out with a bank heist, and then you see all the different Jokers, and that's confusing. Then they're talking about the Joker, and I'm like, "What's what going, is going on, on here? here?" It is it it just throws you into this crazy ride right it does and you felt like the other one was a very like a dramatized film very dra- like heavy drama uh you felt like Batman Begins was that this doesn't feel like a superhero film this feels like a heist movie mm. this was very inspired by Michael Mann's heat in terms of pacing and the way it's uh a lot of the ways it's shot it's it's the action's very pulled back it's not claustrophobic it feels like the movie's constantly on the run I thought that was interesting in contrast to Batman Begins. I think that's part of the reason why it attracted so many people. Or not attracted, but I think that's why so many people like it. It's because it doesn't necessarily feel feel like a Batman film. Hmm. I mean, it does, but it doesn't at the same time. Right. Like my brother, who does not like superhero movies or Batman or anything like that, likes The Dark Knight because it feels like a heist film. Huh. So... I thought it was interesting. Stories inspired by Long Halloween, uh, The Dark Knight Returns a little bit, Batman, the very first Batman issue in terms of the Joker, uh, as well as a little bit of The Man Who Laughs, which was the first, I guess, canon meeting of Batman and the Joker. Uh, And I saw Heath Ledger was given Killing Joke and Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious serious Earth. Earth to read which those I wouldn't say either of those necessarily play into this film you could maybe mm-hmm. say Killing Joke a little bit but not right. not so much and I don't know if you've ever read uh, Arkham Asylum but that is the most bizarre uh, one of the most bizarre tales of Batman mm-hmm. alright <clears throat> so I have some trivia okay which clown is the first clown to die the, uh, the ant. S- okay. The one I on the roof that's first. hacking the system. Douche. The alarm. Okay. The alarm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What the heck? Yes. I just said ant before you, and you went on talking. You did? Yes. I went, eh. The one, and then you went, eh, and started talking. I don't know. Let's play it back. Ah, oh, you're right. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're a jerk. But we got to record another one. Aha! I was right. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll get I was it right. Way. <laughs> I was right. Jerk. Uh, what 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 is the mayor off at golf? What? What is the mayor off at golf? Like they say, he offs. Blank. Harvey says the mayor offs. Michael, what's the score? Uh, uh, forty. One third. No. Yeah, that's that's that was that was a okay. Eighteen uh, holes, Everett. I know. <laughs> what does Alfred suggest Bruce has been mauled by? Eh, tiger. Correct. Yes. 
How many months of clean streets does Harvey claim the mayor would get by pr prosecuting all the criminals? Uh, 18? Correct. <sighs> this, is a, this is a harder one. Copycat Batman's name. Don't know. Uh, eh. Michael. Something like Brian Douglas. Ah. Brian. Brian! Okay, last one. What does Mr. Reese want for his silence? He wants to be moved to another. Um, Wait, no, no, no. Mr. Reese is the guy, the accountant. For his silence? Yeah, because he finds the tumbler. Oh, gosh. He wants a million dollars for the rest of his life. Or a million dollars a year for the rest of his life. Close. Oh. You're really close. What is it? I feel like 15 million every day for his or every million. year. 10 million. 10 ah. million. Every I knew year it was double. Like he's going to have that much money for the rest of his life. So in this film, we have four comic book villains. Four. We have the Joker. Um. Two Face. Um. Scarecrow. Oh, oh yeah, Scarecrow. Scarecrow is in all three. I don't remember the other one. Sal Maroney. Oh, Sal Maroney. Who makes a return from Batman Forever. He was the gangster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That threw the acid on Harvey. Um, so that was fun to... One thing that hmm. is, I think is one of the cooler parts about this film to me mm -hmm. that separates it from most other superhero movies leave alone the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that it starts off Batman's uh, career in this movie with the villain of the last movie. Yes. I thought that was so cool. I'm like, it a tie-in. We got, yeah, we got a complete follow-up. These, these films flow together so incredibly well. I was happy to see Scarecrow back. I was completely surprised. Mm -hmm. uh, all three. Hmm? Yeah, for all three. That's crazy. I didn't. I knew he was going to be in the third one, but I didn't. I didn't know he was in this one. I was completely taken back. I will speaking of the scarecrow. The first, the scarecrow meeting is where we also get our first glimpse uh, of the. I guess he's a Russian gangster. Mm -hmm. He never gets a name. You know what I'm talking about? The guy one. with the dogs. Hmm. Who wants to give Joker a chance, and then later on, like. Uh, yeah, he's guy. like, what do you do with your half of the money? Mm -hmm. He never gets a name. And that drives me crazy. Because he's actually got a pretty significant part. Yeah. Huh. His The credit for him is uh, Chichin, which apparently is a Russian gangster. Hmm. Weird. Uh, yeah. That's... I thought that was very strange. Because, I mean, even Gamble, Michael J. White, he gets a, he gets a name. And Michael J. White does incredibly well in this film. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen him before, but he was he played Spawn. Ah. Back in 1997. But I really I really appreciated that we had all these gangs, we had all these uh, different mob organizations represented. That was, and they're all run very differently. And obviously, they don't all get along. But this is kind of. This is kind of in line with a lot of the earlier Batman stuff where like the mob was never on the same page and they were struggling but they were trying to work together. Mm -hmm. Very I don't know, just found it found it very interesting and they weren't 
It wasn't like Batman 1989 where they're all set around a table and it's just like, okay, we'll take our orders from Boss Grissom. You know what I mean? Here it's obviously, it's arguing back and forth. And then with the TV. We obviously have Rachel replaced by Maggie Gyllenhaal. I prefer her over Katie Holmes any day. I liked Katie Holmes, but I like Maggie Gyllenhaal so much more. I don't like her. I think it's just because she reminds me of my sister. I saw her in Donnie Darko and just completely fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. And the next point that I wanted to make is this is watching this again. I notice that all three movies leave Gotham for a significant different place. They're worldly, yeah, worldly adventures. They're not just set in, yeah, they're not, Gotham they don't exist City. in a bubble. Yeah. Because uh, we get to go to Hong Kong. Hong Kong in this movie. Yeah. Which, which creepy Alfred rec- returns. Creepy Alfred. Oh, yeah, on the boat. On the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Uh, He appears in every single one. Like, yeah, Creepy creepy Alfred. I liked liked Maggie. Um, I really liked Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent. Mm -hmm. He was... Harvey in the comics kind of had a... Which he does here. You don't see it till later, but in the comics, he very much had a kind of a mean streak, which would lead to the birth of Two-Face. But here they don't show you that at first, and they just lead you to believe that this is Harvey Dent, and this is just Harvey Dent for this film. And we're going to get Two-Face. Maybe le- maybe in the third film we'll get Two-Face. Mm-hmm. S- and they kept Two-Face hidden for so long. It's one of the secrets that didn't really get out about this film. Wow. Because uh, I remember... I remember when they announced him as Harvey Dent and they also had all the viral marketing, which was first of its kind. uh, A lot of it, they had the, I believe in Harvey Dent websites and stuff like that. And you could see videos of press rallies that they would film and things like that. Interesting. Movies didn't take time or the budget to do that before. This was a first. (laughs) And I remember being so hooked in on it and people were trying to decrypt websites and figure like different symbols out. And eventually they got to another image of the Joker, uh, from doing these various, like these little code, uh, it would put up like a series of numbers and you'd have to figure out what they were saying and people would try and crack the code. And eventually it got cracked and we got a picture of the Joker. Uh, that never appeared in the movie. Hmm. Uh, it looked like he was getting ready in a mirror, but, I don't know. I thought that was I thought that was interesting. The marketing was so interesting, and like I said, you saw a lot of uh, a lot of Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent in those uh, little segments that they would make, because with him it was video, and with Joker it was image or audio. Bruce kind of like he's nine months in here, roughly six to nine months, and he's already thinking about the future, about somebody being the face, and him not being Batman anymore. I found that interesting. While he's not hanging up the cowl until he knows for sure, he's already looking for like a white knight replacement. Mm-hmm. An interesting way to look to to take it, but a realistic one because I can't imagine that a normal per- it, not even somebody like Bruce would want to go out necessarily every night unless they had to. They'll do it as long as they have to, but mm-hmm. they're always looking to the horizon for for the next next person to step into his shoes, which that plays into third film a lot so we get the the joker we get the opening scene with all the jokers mm-hmm. or all the all the clowns 
<laughs> but we don't necessarily get a real Joker scene until he comes in on the mob. And of course we get the magic the magic trick. Right. That everyone was quoting in 2008. Oh man. Yeah, that and why so serious? Like it's just like give it a rest, guys. Give it a rest. Want to say magic trick? Yeah, and I really liked this. What did you think about the makeup here? What did you think about the design of the Joker? Oh, well, it's he's it's synonymous with the character it seems because he is so wild and anarchistic uh and it feels like the makeup's just kind of just spread on there randomly sure. and uh his jacket seems or his clothes seem like dirty and always slightly too big for him uh and his it's hair is like all ratty rainbow. i just feel like that represents his soul in a way interesting i could see that yeah i don't know if that's the intention but but what did you what did you think about the change from the from the previous Joker. Well, I think they made their own Joker. It's not. It's not the previous Joker, but you know, before Joker's skin has bleed. It's not makeup. It's oh, right, never right, right, been right. makeup. Right. I think that just fits into their world. It does. It does. And I, I remember a lot of people having taking issue with it. And it's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Like, did you guys see Batman Begins? Because like, I can't imagine somebody falling into a vat of acid and walking out of it in this <laughs> universe. It just doesn't work like that. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Like his. He almost feels kind of like punk rock Joker, in a way. Um, doesn't really like. Doesn't really give a shit about what he doesn't shower. Doesn't shower. Doesn't care about what he looks like. Um, has no, I don't know, no qualms about his clothes not fitting right or perfectly. They are just kind of they're you. It's he's very utilitarian. Mm-hmm. Very utilitarian. Um, and if we're gonna talk about design, something we didn't talk about the last. Uh, episode or last segment was the bat suit. Right. We talked about it a little bit. The Batman Begins bat suit reminds me of like a panther. Like, and especially his neck. It's just so I don't know. It's so big in the way they, especially they portray him in the first film. Uh, it's it's very animalistic. And we get a new bat suit here. Right. Very tactical looking bat suit that for a long time, I had issues with that cowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like how I li- I liked it, but he wasn't my favorite. Like how it was just like a small section of his mouth was cut out. Just that for some reason that bothered me, and part of the reason it bothered me is because in the old ones it was just like a wide, like they had just like trimmed at the cheekbone, all the way across. Whereas here you're only getting getting a section, but it makes him look. I've come I've come to like it, but it makes him look alien almost yeah like, well i was gonna i think it watching it again i was like i don't know if i really care for this suit because i mean for batman just because like you said the last movie he feels like otherworldly creature type thing in this movie i feel like he, he just looks like a robot because it's all you know you have all the different sections of the suit that can turn and move around right and well, uh it makes sense. It, it does. It makes sense. He feel yeah. He feels like a really upgraded SWAT member, right, or something like that. Which I don't mind. It works for the film. Mm-hmm. It really works well. Especially like we get our first, uh, we get our first view of the suit whenever he goes to get Lao from Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and we see him swoop in, and while the suit is really well hidden, uh, 
because it's all it's all the power shut down it's all in the dark um we later on get a better view of it especially uh in the interrogation sequence and part of the redesign was because chris nolan was not happy with how uh one he didn't feel like it was tactical enough but two he wasn't happy about how the suit looked in daylight Hmm. he wanted a suit you could light any which way and it would always look good and would always look intimidating no matter what. And I do feel like they accomplished that here. And especially more so when you see it in the Dark Knight Rises. I don't know. I, I like that it's I like that it's sectional. I get it. And it works for this world, but not my favorite suit. I prefer the Batman Begins suit to this suit. And uh, speaking of the Hong Kong scene, uh, we get the uh, Skyhook thing yes. that he got from the CIA. Which is basically a balloon that floats in the air with a light on it, and then a plane with a V mm-hmm. on the front comes and captures it. Which made me think Batman eighty nine, the yes, bat plane, the bat plane had that, and that must be what it was for. Because we were trying to figure out why it he had must that. Be, yeah, it's the Skyhook. Yeah, because I mean, Skyhook was based on real technology. Hmm. Like. Almost everything in this film, or I want to say actually, everything built, everything in this film was either based off real technology or things that had been prototyped. There was nothing that was that couldn't exist today, and that was something that Chris Nolan set out for. Mm-hmm. I guess mandated is a better word. I uh, we get the bad pod as well. Like if we're going to talk about designs, and that was an interesting. That was really interesting. Batman yeah. on a motorcycle, mm-hmm. which I mean, don't get me wrong, we had that, we had that in Batman sixty six, but that's <laughs> Batman sixty six. I didn't mind it so much because I wasn't incredibly attached to the tumbler anyway, mm-hmm. so I didn't mind it, and it looked cool. Like he looked cool riding on that. It yeah. was uh, especially going cape. through the little mall section or whatever that was, or killing all those people in those cars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I I in. assumed that he has some type of sensor that a heat sensor probably that tells, that tells you yeah. who's in a car and who's That's, not. I kind of assumed there was some kind of thermal sensor that would yeah, tell I him. Not something assume like that. anything. I just assumed he's because he goes like right past people. the family in the car. Yeah, with the kids. So. But I I feel the same way. Is I only I really like the motorcycle because I was. I didn't care for the tumbler at all. Mm-hmm. Like I as soon as, especially uh, in begins because I loved that Batmobile from the animated series so much and the stuff from the, the first two movies. Right. And even forever. Like I mentioned, I had that right. toy when I was a kid so and it I. shoots off the little it was a front the part front of it. Part. Yep. And uh, so when I first saw this and uh, we've, I, we mentioned a couple of episodes ago, the perfect uh, parody was uh, Tank Man. Tank Man from the MTV Movie MTV Awards, Movie Awards yeah. with Jimmy Fallon. I'll put that in the show notes for the Batman Begins one. Um, for anybody who wants to see it. What did you think about the new Applied Sciences Department? And did you understand how it was hidden amongst the building? Isn't it just in the basement? No. No, I thought it was just in the basement of... I never assumed that I never assumed that it was in the basement anyways. I mean, I know they blow it out and they get a lot of it in the in the Dark Knight Rises, but mm-hmm. I never assumed it was actually the basement. Hmm. Could have been. Now that you say that, I didn't 
think of it as moving. I guess it has higher ceilings, so I didn't think of it that way. I kind of, before, I guess before The Dark Knight Rises and before Kendall just saying that, I always had thought that this was an area built within the building that nobody knew of and, like, they would take little corners of rooms that, like, like they would take just a little space off every room and they would make a, bu- a room inside the entire building mm-hmm. that was perfectly hidden that couldn't, ne- that, like, wouldn't necessarily be missed. Maybe hmm. you go down a hallway and there was, like, you know, like, there's a there's a wall there and you go around the wall and down, and you go down beside the wall and instead of going just straight through, you have, like I said, they take pieces of corners here, pieces of corners there. Um, and they just hit it, hide it within the building. That was always my thought of it, but of course, making it the basement is a lot smarter. Now the third I one is the it. basement. I don't know about this one. It's the same, I think. Uh, also, they have because his the water uh, vacation lair. Bruce's vacation lair. Yeah, his. Uh, Which I want to know who built the ceilings on that, because <laughs> it's like every every piece of ceiling in there is lit up. Yeah, when they're in there, uh, I would imagine the same crew that would later build the rebuild the Wayne Manor and uh, the Batcave, mm-hmm. because I I guarantee you Bruce didn't get on there and build that. Yeah, he has like parts of walls that open up to store stuff in, and like used to. Did they just lie to those guys, or did pretty they much? Uh, most of the time, they find people that they can pay cash. The flashing thing from uh, Men in Black. <laughs> I know in the comics, whenever things were being built, it was often they would bring in one crew to do one section, and they would have another crew do a complete different section, and th- and they would do it like that. So nobody knew too much, hmm. and that's how they would build various hideouts. But yeah, I I liked his uh, I liked this this new Bat Cave because I wondered with. Wayne Manor not you know not being there like what is the Batcave even like where does it exist and here right. you have a shipyard which could be the same shipyard from the Batman Begins I think it is it would make sense it's a lot of water around that place <laughs> right which we see that in the next film I really liked the the quote unquote backstory of the Joker it's kind of choose your own adventure Right. And I don't know what you ever thought about him, but my personal assessment of the Joker was that he was he was uh maybe an ex soldier and he has PTSD, severe PTSD. Uh he's been burned one too many times by the government and things like that. So what does he do? He goes to what is called America's greatest city and destroys it from the inside out. Huh. Uh whether that be his home or not. For me, I thought originally with his stories that he was just making them up. But then now when I watch them again, I feel like it's very possible that he has two sides of his mouth cut up. Both sides could be a different story. Both sides could be a different story. And if that's true, I wonder what even happened to his wife. Hmm. He's just crazy and he made it up. She left him. She did leave him, but... She couldn't stand the side of his face. I don't know. I just definitely, especially with as good as he is with a rifle come the end of the movie, or I guess the middle of the movie, when he goes to take out the mayor. Mm-hmm. Because the mayor, not only does the mayor move, completely move, but Gordon jumps at him and they're sailing through the air whenever he gets shot. It takes somebody who's skilled, or at least somewhat skilled, 
to make that kind of shot. Mm-hmm. Hit a moving target. I'll say, when I first went to see this, I was not expecting this Joker because he is absolutely terrifying. He's he insane. is in in every way. Um, He's ready to fly off the handle at every corner. My oldest memory of this movie is I'm sure I was researching for every month they came out with something new. Uh, but I rem- the first memory I actually have is being in 10th grade earth science, maybe? 10th grade science. And uh, my first hour, my teacher uh, tells us Heath Ledger just died. And I'm right. like, my f- in- first instinct is he's supposed to be in the dark night. I really, I wonder if they got finished with that. And they did. And that was my, my first thought. And then he tells us what had happened. And I'm pretty sure I was the only one thinking about the Joker in that class. Sure. But, uh, I was devastated. Because Everyone I was, was so all excited. like, man, a night's tale. It was really, I mean, it was really devastating because they had just wrapped, they had completely wrapped the movie and all they were doing to my knowledge, I think they were just putting it together. They were editing, mm-hmm. but he had, I think he was three days off. Like he was, he, they completed the movie and he died three days later. And I mean, he got a, a best actor award posthumously. Hmm. He was never my favorite actor, but the things that I've seen him in, he was, he always excelled. Oh, Lords of Dogtown. Yeah. Lords That's of Dogtown. Um, Ten things I hate about you. Yeah. That one was good. He was good. obviously in Knight's Tale. He was in Brokeback Mountain. Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. That was a good movie. It was a good movie. I remember going to see that movie. It Underrated. Was, I was the only one in the theater, and you know it's <laughs> dr- right. And I and you know what? It's directed by the guy who did the Hulk, two thousand three. What? Oh, that's crazy. Angley. I love that movie. It's good. It's good. I cry every time. I I could watch Jake Gyllenhaal in anything, so I was like, I'll go see it because of that. Hate Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I love Jake Gyllenhaal. So that's funny. And Maggie Gyllenhaal. And Maggie Gyllenhaal. There. Yeah. You just like Gyllenhaals. I don't. Uh, but yeah, he's so terrifying. Um, I jumped so hard watching this again uh, when the the mirror's the body, looking out yeah, the, the window. The body hits and the, the window. Hits, was, we both <laughs> freaked out, and I was like, "Freaking kidding me!" I uh, jump scares is supposed to be a superhero movie. <laughs> Not me. Like that got me the first time, but. You've yeah. probably seen it like a hundred times. I've though. seen it so yeah, many times. I, yeah. I, I, I probably <laughs> I've this seen is it cur- like this is a comfort mood comfort food movie for me. This is probably the second time I've seen it since it released theaters, uh, and that got me so bad. But uh, the just frick? the entire he he just gives that f- creepy creepy feel, and uh, they have the like they have the single like violin note every time. Yeah. it's like building up, which is part of his theme. In. Yeah. Is that, I think it's a cello, actually. But yeah, I know he's. There's a. Hans Zimmer did something really weird with his with his theme. He blended it with Batman's, but. Um, you can watch on the on you have the Blu-ray, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can watch on the Blu-ray, how like they're sitting there talking about how they came up with his theme because it's very unconventional. It's uh. Man, do you remember those? Uh, there are little, it's a little device and it starts with an E and I forget the name of it but you essentially hold it next to a string and it vibrates yeah I know what you're talking about okay um, they have one of those and they run it up and down a cello hmm. while uh, while one of the well, uh, there's a his assistant or whoever frets a note hmm very weird 
very weird and that's how they come up with that creepy kind of yeah rising tone that you're talking about we get a crazy party scene which is the first batman joker face off right which they uh in which i realized joker doesn't fight does not and they had to he tries to kick him once <laughs> he's like with that scene they had to one up from the last movie because bruce comes in with three girls instead of the two this time yeah right. <laughs> he escalates every time um out of a helicopter this time instead of a car which obviously That's in the entrance. past six months or so he's been able to rebuild his reputation because there was a lot of the board members and people like that that were at his party mm. that was like uh, the oh yeah the guy who b- kicked us out of his party and burned down his house yeah let's go to Bruce's party on the top of a fucking you know like skyscraper <laughs> awesome it won't catch fire uh, he I hear they got sprinklers down. there we'll be fine <laughs> totally <laughs> cool. yeah um I really like the party scene especially Bruce taking down Harvey he's like like he's mm-hmm. freaking out with Rachel he's like oh god tell me it's not Bruce just tell me it's not that guy that and then out Bruce walks around the corner there's the there's the guy with a shotgun he's like hands up pretty boy yeah he like breaks that dude's arm or something and he lets out the most like girly scream of a grown man he's like <laughs> go back and listen to that, that. is it's, such a cool scene too though I wrote that is, down because he, he, he takes the takes the shotgun, shotgun tears it apart and throws it. it looks so badass it does and then it gets in the safe room and they're like oh you got a safe room and it's just <laughs> like really catch you guys later uh, of course, he comes out as Batman, and mm. I, I would just wonder what everybody in that party thought of where Batman came from, or how Batman knew what was going on. It's kind of like, who's turn around? Who's missing? Let's do a head count. Well, two I people saw Bruce Wayne go into his safe, so right. And but, I can't imagine they were in that room whenever the clowns were there, because they probably probably ran out as quick as they could. But yeah, so we get that, and uh, yeah, Joker never fights. The man, the older man, the older board, he actually is a a board member um, that Joker grabs. He's a senator. His name is Patrick Lee, and he's a senator of Vermont. And he's been in other Batman movies. He is a huge Batman fan. He was in uh, Batman Forever. He was in Batman and Robin. He was in Batman the Animated Series. He's in The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, and... Batman v Superman. Like in real life, he's a senator. Yeah, in real life, oh, he's okay. a senator of Vermont. Huh. Uh, Weird. I wonder how he goes about that. Like, do you think he just gets his people to bug the crap out of the? Maybe. The I mean, but hey, that's casting directors. I'll do whatever you want. Hey guys, thanks once again for listening to Geek Cinema Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast app and join us on Sunday with part two of the Dark Knight Trilogy. Um, what did you guys think? Did Kindle's buzz really count? Because it sounded like, to me, it sounded like she was just thinking about the question. So if you want to hit us up on Facebook.com slash GeekCinemaPod, Twitter.com slash GeekCinemaPod, and on Instagram at GeekCinema, or on website GeekCinemaPod.com, let us know who really won. See y'all guys on Sunday.